Who should you be buying from the Dallas Cowboys offense this offseason? All that and more in this episode of the Lotton Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. Check her out on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, the number one player that you should be buying from the Dallas Cowboys offense is? Jack Prescott. Mm, okay, here we go. Let's do it. Oh, so we don't have the same. Okay, we don't have the same buy. You That's fine. No. That's all right. That that just means you guys are going to get uh, some spicy takes and perhaps some more, uh, a little bit more content here as we are slinging out names. So you're going to have to listen in and then follow up and let us know who you're siding with here. Dak Prescott is absolutely without a doubt my buy because he falls into this very weird category, right? Where he doesn't touch the elite tier a la Patrick Mahomes, a la Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. He doesn't hit that tier of like new and exciting, like Anthony Richardson, Mm -hmm. uh, like doesn't hit that perceived notion of Justin Herbert. Like it feels like Dak Prescott is very much on an Island, but like point blank he's just a very reliable real life NFL quarterback and he's also Mm -hmm. a very reliable fantasy quarterback Um, over the last seven years QB 8 QB 7 QB 13 QB 2 QB 32 QB 6 QB 18 and these seasons where he hasn't performed as a, a top end quarterback like he's missed some time so let's talk about Dak Prescott, let's talk about his fantasy production because by and large, he's been just, I think, one of these sort of unsung heroes for fantasy and that he doesn't hurt you all that much. But his upside, I think, is actually a little bit higher. Yep. They add Brandon Cooks this offseason. I think that only helps because that gets them the element of speed in this offense. They don't have Zeke tethering them to the ground anymore. I, I think this could be, you know, like, if you can get past Mike McCarthy calling plays, this could be Dak's best year yet. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to throw the ball less than what they threw the ball last year. I think that's what everybody's concerned about. Like, because Kellen Moore's gone and it's Brian Schottenheimer running the offense. It's it's a still a Mike McCarthy offense. If you remember his days in Green Bay, they threw the crap out of the ball. Like They just throw the ball so much, and Dak knows this offense. He knows these receivers really well. Now, the, the the downside is he doesn't have Dalton Schultz, but that's not something that we should be too upset about. So I agree with you. Like, he's not going anywhere. We know this offense every year that Dak is healthy is like number one or number two in the league in points. You can get him what, outside the top 10 quarterbacks right now pretty cheaply, especially in your super flex leagues. I, I agree. This isn't my buy, but I, I totally endorse this one. They're like it just – by and large from a fantasy production standpoint, like 
let's look back to 2021. Obviously, wasn't fully healthy in 2022. There were just five games all year long where Dak wasn't a top 12 quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he finishes the QB six. Like, you know, he's going to be throwing plenty of touchdowns. You know, the passing volume will be there. Um, like, he's had two seasons over the last uh, four years where he's had more than 590 pass attempts. And I don't think that's going to change this year. Like, I think that's no. very well within the realm of possibility, especially with Zeke out, because I do think as long as Zeke was in that offense, he was very much a part of the identity of that offense. And I think they, they felt a little bit obligated to run the crap out of the football because mm-hmm. Zeke was the identity of this team. But I mean, God, you want to want to talk about like a safe floor, like even Dak returning from, you know, his injury last year, it was a, uh, thumb injury on his throwing hand like wasn't sure what you were going to see still had 50 percent of games finishing as a top 12 quarterback in the league and again I can't underestimate how much I love the addition of Brandon Cooks for the production of Dak Prescott because you know he's got that speed like you you get it you cradle a ball right into his hands and he could break one and you're done there's your there's your 50 yard touchdown I think this is a fantastic call. I'll give you mine really quickly. I'm going to cheat a little bit, just a little bit. I am buying the Cowboys tight end room right now. Now, I'm not necessarily Ooh. sure who it's going to be. Is it going to be Luke Shunemaker, who the Cowboys took in the second round this uh, in this year's draft? Or if it's going to be Jake Ferguson, who the Cowboys took in the fourth round in last year's draft. But they're both so cheap. They're both being drafted outside of the top 20 tight ends. Uh, so it costs nothing. Uh, shooting maker, tight end 21, Jake Ferguson, tight end 34. Okay. What have we been saying about this tight end role in the Cowboys offense? Like when Dak Prescott's healthy, you are getting a top 10 tight end every single week. And in most years, you're actually getting closer to a top five tight end than a top 10 tight end. So if it's me, I'm buying one of the, uh, sorry, I'm buying both of these tight ends, stashing them because we know that Dak loves to use the tight ends in the red zone and he's going to use that tight end on third down. I, I would buy both these guys at their current price because one of them is going to be very, very fantasy relevant. I think that's totally fair, Marcus. Every single one, like let's talk about Luke Schoonmaker for just a, a quick second. Every single one of my rookie drafts, he fell into the fourth round or exactly. later. Like cost you nothing. The draft capital is there. Um, it, like we know this is an, is an offense that is very tight end friendly. We know mm-hmm. this is a quarterback that's very tight end friendly. So I've scooped him up in almost every single one of my rookie drafts because of the fact that he has fallen into the fourth round. Because like at this point, you're you're not really having to gamble much at all if anything there's like, no that's gamble right a like fourth it, round rookie pick for a second round tight end in the nfl draft and an offense that knows how to utilize them i'm in i just got done with a three round rookie draft yesterday she can make it wasn't drafted at all and it's like sure i'll pick him up in free agency stack him in ferguson and let's just see who ends up becoming that number one tight end we're gonna find out within the first month of the season and then from that point on at the very worst, you're getting a tight end two with upside. I, I just think this is one of the most prolific offenses in the league with a quarterback who loves throwing to the tight end. It just makes too much sense. All right, Marcus, you uh, let's say, you know, one of our listeners is in a league with a, 
maybe a shorter bench, mm-hmm. uh, less less depth here available, and they can only pick one. Who are you rolling with uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to move forward? I, I think I'll go with Ferguson just because he did play last year, and tight end is a position that usually takes a year or two before you kind of get you know, ready for a bigger role. It does feel like Ferguson's probably going to start the year. Shoemaker will probably be the number two tight end doing a lot of the blocking stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if it flipped at the end of the year, but I'll go with Jake Ferguson because we saw it like he's really, really good after the catch. And I think the Cowboys are going to try to design ways to get him the ball. All right. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to go make some ads right yes. now. Uh, yeah. You can do that while we, uh, we tell you guys about FanDuel. Uh, This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you can bet on the the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals. By the way, my Lakers made it, so shout out to them. Uh, There's no better place uh, to bet on all the playoff uh, action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. I want to thank you for making LockedOn Dynasty your first listen of the day. Uh, all week long, we're going to be going through the NFC East, talking about our favorite buys, sells, and holds. Actually, for the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at every single team, kind of getting ready for the 2023 season. So make sure you guys tune in for that. All right, Kate, who is your biggest dynasty sell for the Dallas Cowboys? This might feel a little, little bit wonky here because I, I just talked about the importance of this guy as an, as an addition to the team. But I'm going to go ahead and sell Brandon Cooks because mm-hmm. I do think – just by and large, right? When you look at the overall fantasy finishes for Brandon Cooks, like outside of 2023, right? Like very impressive season over season tends to always finish right around like wide receiver 16 to wide receiver 22, like a very reliable wide receiver too. And yeah, you got, you got to love it. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is, I mean, we're looking at a, a wide receiver who hasn't had a generally super stable career, right? Like we've seen him on the move time and he time. He gets a thousand yard seasons every year, but it's always with a different team, right? But it's always with a different team. And I do think that that movement probably caps his ceiling a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, he's gone from quarterback to quarterback, offensive system to offensive system, like the production that he's posted has been a true testament to, I think like just how talented Brandon cooks is as a wide receiver, but he's 29 years old. And despite the fact that we've seen some really consistent production from him, it's also come in, I think a lot of spurts, like he's been a a receiver that you maybe don't want to start on a week to week basis. You have to kind of hope that you hit because he'll get these, these, you know, he'll have a really good week and then boom, um, like suddenly he's the wide receiver 22 when mm-hmm. maybe prior to that one week, he might've been on pace for like wide receiver 30, like upside is ginormous. And maybe I'll buy him in a, like a, a best ball format where I don't have to worry about starting him on a week to week basis, but CD lamb, he is going to be the star of this offense. We know Tony Pollard's going to get his TBD on what is going to happen in that, that, 
mess of a, a backfield, but yep. the tight end run, like I don't think there's going to be enough around for Brandon cooks to be a consistent fantasy asset. But I do think that Brandon cooks is a good enough real life wide receiver to help Dak Prescott. I hope yes. all that makes sense. It does. And I think, I think you nailed it, right? I think he's going to probably end up with like 850 yards and seven touchdowns. But you're going to have no idea when to start him, right? Because some games it's just going to be the CD lamb show. Other games, it's going to be Michael Gallup. Some games, it's going to be the rushing attack. Some games, it's going to be Jake Ferguson. He's just, he's probably not going to have a consistent enough role in the offense to, you know, put even put him as a flex week to week, just because you're not going to know. So I agree. He's being drafted as like wide receiver 55. We know that he's starting to, as great as he has been, he's going to be 30 this year. His, he's starting to transition more into a, rotational receiver rather than an every down guy. I would flip him for like Gabe Davis. If I could do that, those are guys are being drafted right next to each other. I, I would take Gabe Davis and heartbeat over Brandon cooks. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Uh, funny enough. My cell is another receiver from this team. It's <laughs> Michael Gallup. And I'm frankly, I'm shocked that Michael Gallup is being drafted as highly as he is. He's being drafted as wide receiver 68, which again, you might think wide receiver 68. That's, that's nothing. Kate, he has not had an 850-yard season since 2019. He has not scored more than five touchdowns in a season since 2019. One of the, the things that I like to look at is the yards per target, which has now dropped in four consecutive seasons. His yards per reception have dropped in four consecutive seasons, and he's got some major injury stuff. Like He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know he's going into his age 27 season, but there's just so many other receivers that are being drafted behind him, like Al Lazard, Alec Pierce, uh, Romeo Dubs, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, A.T. Perry. Like, I would just rather take a shot on all of those guys than Michael Gallup, who is pretty clearly going to be the third receiver in this offense. And we just got done talking about Brandon Cooks, how we can't trust him week to week. You certainly can't trust Michael Gallup. And there's just no ceiling there anymore. I think that's the biggest differentiator here, Marcus, between, you know, Michael Gallup and some of the other players you mentioned is that I think there's still an untapped ceiling in a lot of other, a lot of these other players. I think everybody can agree like very firmly that much like Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup is a very talented real life wide receiver. Some of the body control, some mm-hmm. of the, the, like he, he for a guy that like we don't really talk about a lot like when i think of some of the toad the best toe drag swag i've seen over the last couple of years yes he's got it like he's got that element of the game that makes him a very good real life wide receiver but this has been as we talked about at the top of the show one of the most productive offensive units over the last several years with dak prescott and it hasn't come to fruition for michael gallup yet Brandon cooks doesn't help that case. And like, let's be honest. So let's say that the, you know, he, he gets another chance uh, with another team, maybe after this year, or like eventually we see him in a new offensive system. You can't really find a better uh, opportunity. I think than what we've seen him get with the Cowboys this past couple of seasons, like no team is going to trust Michael Gallup, like the Cowboys do like Dallas paid him a lot of money and they restructured his contract this offseason, which basically guarantees that he's not going anywhere for the next two years. This is probably his best shot at being 
fantasy relevant. The problem is he's just been, he hasn't been really relevant at all. Okay. In his last, oh gosh, last 24 games. Okay. 24 games. He started every single one of those games. He's averaging 38 receiving yards per game. Think about even if you, even if you were to add, even if you were to add 20 yards to that per game, is that, he's still not fantasy relevant only six touchdowns in his last 24 games. Like I think Michael Gallup is a really good real life player. um, Or at least he was, I, I just don't see it happening anymore. He is a third receiver who might get rotated out this year with some other guys like Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fahoku, or maybe we see more two tight end sets with Brandon cooks and CD lamb on the field. I, I just, I just don't see anything happening here. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's be a little bit more positive and talk <laughs> about a dynasty hold when we get back. All right, Kate, we are back talking about the Dallas Cowboys heading into the 2023 season. We talked about our dynasty buys, which included Dak Prescott and both Jake Ferguson and Luke Schoenemaker at, uh, for dynasty sales. We're both out on all the non-CD Lamb receivers, Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. But who is your dynasty hold for the Dallas Cowboys? This one might be a little bit surprising for people. I'm going to roll with Tony Pollard. Who that was mine as well. I, I think like there is no no argument here that Tony Pollard is probably going to finish as a top five running back like in 2023. I don't think that's a hot take here whatsoever. We've already seen the production from Tony Pollard, but it shows the RB9 in a backfield that he was sharing with Ezekiel Elliott. Like the beautiful thing about Tony Pollard, he's so efficient. He doesn't necessarily need the highest volume of carries. He doesn't need to be a three, 300 touch running back in order to produce for fantasy. Just like it was a top, all of the running backs in the league in terms of like fantasy points per snap per touch, um, you know, production as a receiver, like he was actually being targeted, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not just on like screen passes, right? Like Tony Pollard out of all the running backs in the league uh, and halfbacks, or and fullbacks ranked ninth or eighth in terms of average depth of target. Like he was actually being utilized, you know, down the field a little bit more. And we saw just how dynamic he is, right? He's so electric, but Mm -hmm. what happens after this year? That's my biggest question. And we know the history of running backs in terms of, uh, you know, production dropping off after a, a rookie contract, like just historically, I know he doesn't have necessarily like the touch totals that you typically see running backs coming off of their rookie contracts with, but like, what does this market mean for the running back position? Are teams willing to commit to a running back where he's going to, you know, get enough touches? Like is Dallas going to bring him back? There's just so many, question marks for me in terms of Tony Pollard and you're paying a premium for Tony Pollard right now. Like there is no discount based on the fact that those questions exist. Like and he's coming off an injury, a serious injury. Pay up. Yep. Here you're right. That's why that's why you're still it's not probably a good idea to buy him right at his current price, which is like RB eleven, RB twelve in that range, because there are so many so many unanswered questions, including the injury and the contract status. But one of the reasons why you're not necessarily selling him is because, first of all, he was incredibly productive last year, even as a spot starter, almost 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Okay, he's only started four games in his career 
where Ezekiel Elliott did not play or was inactive, okay? In those four games, 513 yards and nine touchdowns. Like, he is a monster when Zeke is not on the field. And I I don't expect him to get all of Zeke's goal line touches and all that kind of stuff. But I do expect him to get 18 and 19 touches a game, which we've seen over the course of his career. He's averaging over five yards per carry. That means he's going to finish as an RB1. And if you look at all the top running backs in Dynasty right now, there's just not that many other running backs that are in backfields with basically nobody else. Like, really quickly, just to recap the Cowboys' backfield, it's Ronald Jones, which is like <laughs> the least scary RB2 in the world. Deuce Vaughn, who is legitimately five foot five, 165 pounds. And Malik Davis, an undrafted free agent running back from Florida. That's it. it, it when Tony Powell is healthy and starting, he is going to see a monster, monster workload in Dallas. And I mean, here's the thing. Looking at his dynasty value, it has literally never been higher than it is this month. On average, uh, his average draft position, 33rd uh, player off the board in single quarterback league. So he's going in the top three rounds. Like, Which I understand, right? I get it. But also, how often is it that you want to buy a running back at his peak? You don't. At age 26. And that's the tough part, right? Somebody who's coming in off an injury. I'm going to keep mentioning that because he suffered an injury in the playoff game against the 49ers. Still has not been cleared to run yet. Um, Broken fibula? Fibula that he had a surgery on. Yeah. So it it is scary. And that's why we're going to just advocate for him as a hold. You shouldn't be buying, but you shouldn't be selling either because – let me put it this way. Kate, going into the 2023 season alone – how many running backs would you rather have than Tony Pollard? Because I think the list is pretty short. List is pretty short. It's it's more about the long game with yep. Tony Pollard and what does what does his production mean for the long game? And I mean, it kind of feels like trades, you know, involving Tony Pollard are all over the map. Tony Pollard and a third for the one oh seven. I'm gonna keep my one oh seven there. How about you? Depending I'll on take, who's available. I'll take Tony Pollard in that one. Okay. Um, I have the 15, 107. I don't love it, by the way. In a couple 15 weeks, fifteen blind bidding dollars. So fifteen dollars in yep. fab or Tony Pollard. Give me Tony Pollard. What, like what in the world is that? So like that. That's crazy to me. Cam Akers, Chris Olave, T.J. Hawkinson for Tony Pollard, Jerry Judy, Kyle Pitts, and two second round picks. I'll, I'll take, take Tony Pollard. Yeah. Like, but there's also like it, there are also some trades that I just I. I I can't fathom. So like, again, maybe if you are in a a win now window, this is one of those moments where we advise, go out, throw out an offer for Tony Pollard, see what you can get. Yep. Just don't mortgage your future on Tony Pollard because the uncertainties beyond 2023 are vast. I I would say you mentioned the league, right? Like if I'm, if I'm trying to win right now, I'll take Tony Pollard over Najee Harris all day long. Right. But if I'm also in a little bit of a, my team is good, but not quite ready. That's when I would take Najee Harris over Tony Pollard. So again, I think he's just in a weird spot right now. And until we learn more about where his foot is at, maybe what the Cowboys long-term plans are, I believe they have two more months to work out a long-term deal. Like if they, if they were to give Tony Pollard, let's say like a three-year deal worth, I don't know, 
thirty million, right? Then I would be all in and buying Tony Pollard, right? Because that would take us to 26, 27, 28. You move on, you're good. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. But where we stand currently, I can't advocate buying him at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of where we're at. But the right. man, is he going to be good in 20? He's going to be awesome this yeah. year. Let's just, let's just say that. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Matt and Ryan breaking down the rest of the NFC East. You actually have Matt and Ryan on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, finishing up uh, the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Giants. Kate, you and I back on Friday to do a mailbag, so please send your questions in to at Marcus underscore Mosier, at Kate Majuk, and we will see you guys right back here tomorrow.